0: Welcome to the Service Management Leadership Podcast with Jeffrey Tiefertiller. Hello,
1: everyone. Jeffrey Tiefertiller back with another breakout session for the second annual Global ITAM Summit. We have David Foxen, and we enjoy talking to David. This is our second time he and I talked, uh, chatted informally a few weeks, months ago. David, how are you?
0: I'm good, Jeffrey. How are you? Thank I you for love- having me. I'm excited. Yes. Yes. This is great. Yes. David and I
1: always have a spirited conversation, so it's great. And uh, so let's jump in. You're an ITAM guy. You like hardware asset management. You like software asset management. They're your two children. You, you <laughs> love them both equally. Why do you think the hardware side gets love less love than its sibling in general?
0: I think uh, it's because obviously the software asset management side of things, just reverting back to our shared love of the NFL, you know, they're, they're draft ones, right? They are yeah. first draft pick. Harder asset management is Mr. Irrelevant, um, yes. unfortunately. No, uh, to be honest, I think it's because software asset management is considered, you know, kind of a really big focus area. You've obviously got third-party audits. Um, you've got all the compliance regulations. They're perceived to be bigger cost savings, Uh, And bigger, you know, there are perceived to be bigger cost savings, uh, cost optimization opportunities. It's a lot easier to overspend with software as well, especially when you look at software as a service and cloud, and you've got the complicated licensing models. And, you know, we spoke about this last time we spoke, but, you know, let's be honest, you go on social media, you go on industry press, you see an awful lot about SAM software licensing, you never hear about harder asset management. So I just think naturally organizations go, Oh, Sam, this is big. This is important. Everyone's talking about it. We must do it. And, you know, fail to neglect our little old hardware asset management, which is just as important.
1: Right. And it has just as many uh, compliance and security risks. It has all of that. So technology assets, both software, you know, SaaS and other and hardware, different types of hardware assets are spreading throughout an enterprise. I mean, every enterprise every company is now a technology company and for some you know in some way banks heavily relying on technology every type. how can it asset management become more strategic with this sprawl of it assets going outside the traditional
0: it uh, that sprawl is only getting bigger as well right yes. as technology yes. advances it evolves so itam can play a huge role in this i mean if you think about your conventional scope, you know, 10, 20 years ago, it was you know, desktops, laptops, servers, your core kind of um, harder assets, then you'd have device based licensing, maybe some user stuff, some concurrent network stuff in there as well. Now, obviously, you've got software as a service thrown in there because you've done such an amazing job in harder asset management on your core assets. You're getting things like, oh, you know, we, we've got some drones over here that we're using to survey buildings and sites. Can we put an asset tag on it? You know, can we add it to the asset management database? Like, yes. Bring it on. We can add extra value in here, too. Um, you know, even things like SIM cards. You know, you're starting to see that come into the asset management database and the harder asset management scope. Um, it's just additional ways in which that we can add value right and I think um, as we're moving things to the cloud as well that's something that ITAM can add value in not only on the software uh, and the spend side of things but also you know you're going to potentially be removing loads of physical servers loads of data center assets what's the implications of that you know what's the change in budget going to be for that you know you may even look wider and we spoke about this last time green IT How, you know, environmentally friendly are you going to be by removing your 100 servers from your data center and putting it all in the cloud? But, you know, as long as HAM's working with your core infrastructure and your assets and SAM with the traditional software, why not replicate that with other asset types that you may not typically consider ITAM? I mean, you've definitely seen some weird and wacky stuff come into the ITAM scope, right?
1: Right. How about the Internet of Things? I've even seen... I've even seen peloton bicycles come in oh, no. and i've seen the washer dryers that have you can input your same settings from home i have seen craziness <laughs> but i want to take it a step further if you're an organization you don't want five different ham processes or five different sam tools because yeah. each business unit wants to handle it differently there is some value in doing it wants at a very high level. And I think there's opportunity for the IT asset management people say, we have the right way. You can trust yeah. us, right?
0: I'm intrigued to know now which organizations you've been doing hand for that have Peloton bikes. <laughs> I want to work there. How do I get one of these? Is that something you'd provision through like your normal hardware provisioning process? What, what justification yeah. do I need for one of these? But the, the best part about it is
1: It's because if you show up to that location, you can now input your Peloton settings, you know, your profile. But the problem is, let's be honest, the problem is that there's security implications there because that you can't do that lightly. Now it knows David Foxen. But if David is in Paris, France, now we know he's not at home, right? We know he's not at home because he just inputted his profile Uh, in Paris. And yeah, you know, there are so many more implications that we have to consider that are not straightforward. And I even think of like IOT cameras, right? Your security cameras, they catch a lot. And how are you going to secure the secure cameras, you know? And uh, there's just a lot of trickle-down implications.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the reason why I mentioned drones was because we we're doing an engagement for a construction firm and basically they had you know proper industrial top quality drones for surveying sites you know going up to the roof of buildings and stuff and it got to a point where i think they'd lost a few or some had gone missing in transit and it was like that's like fifteen thousand pounds worth of equipment there we need to manage them better and that's when it was can we is there a place where we can put like an asset tag on it could we like scan it like you would a laptop and i just sat there going yes please Please yes. and PS, can I have a go? Please let me have a go with the drone. Never got a go. Um, but yeah, we, we put asset tags on them, they, they were scanned, you know, they were checked in and checked out of sites. Uh, and after that, we didn't lose any. And it was simply just because we put a barcode asset tag in, used our ham processes for it. And you know, we knew where they were, we could optimize them. We rejected some requests for some new ones because we knew that the team over here weren't using them. And it was like, you know, ITAM outside of ITAM, if you like, which was it was great because we engaged with different stakeholders and different teams that previously only thought of us as like the hardware and software police. It was like, can I have a new phone? No, there's nothing wrong with your current one. <laughs> so, oh, you're actually helping us manage our drones. Okay. Now we're on board with what you're doing. Now you're saving us some money on drones and stuff. And, you know, it wasn't an obvious win, but it ended up being a, um, a really good win and a great way. Like I said, of getting ITAM's name out there to stakeholders that typically wouldn't really be interested.
1: And you mentioned a couple of things, but what are some of the common misconceptions of ham?
0: Uh, Even in 2021, you still get the, you just count computers, don't you? Yes, that's all I do. I take off my
1: shoes and my socks and I just count to 20 over and over all the time.
0: Yeah. And ver- now we're working from home virtually. It's just a webcam, just basically going yeah. around all of the floors. so I can go one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. I mean, that's um, that's still a common misconception that it, it's boring because all you're doing is, make, you know, counting computers, etc. Um, yeah. I mean, I Ham in it itself, you know, gets some bad press as being kind of like a not a sexy or jazzy subject. But if you take away the software and the licensing side of it and just have ham, then people think it's really uncool and boring <laughs> and mundane. But you know, actually that's that's not true. And you know, we're, we're both ham fans. I think another reason is that um people think that there's no real cost savings um or cash savings in there, which is not true. Again, there's fantastic ways you can optimize your hardware. Hardware just a consumable to some people. It doesn't matter how expensive it is. If it's a laptop, if it's a monitor, whatever, it's like I'd rather just replace it than implement controls and hire people to come and do it properly, which you kind of get away with more than licensing. There's no um, actual like license compliance thing like HP, Lenovo, whoever are not going to come yeah. and go, whoa, hold on. You're meant to have 20 monitors here. You've only got 19 or you know yeah. whatever it may be. Uh, and the final one, really, I think, which, again, is a big misconception because this can happen, is that there's no audits within hardware asset management. Um, I've actually had a couple of clients initially come and say, you know, well, we haven't done this yet because we've been dealing with a microfocus audit, Autodesk, Microsoft, whatever it may be, uh, licensing or SAM engagement. And then all of a sudden, their internal audit teams are contacting them going, oh, we're going to do an audit on your hardware estate now. And they're going, <laughs> no that's not a thing yes, it, yes is. it is or you get like a third party coming and say right I want to see all of your asset management processes please and they go well here's how we request it uh what what more do you need no no we want to see your you know disposal certificates data destruction how you're managing you know lost and stolen from a security standpoint and they sit there and go oh, well, we passed a Microsoft audit if that's any good to you <laughs> so I think that's it that's a really big misconception and I'm I'm keen to understand from your side of things as well is why is it just a case of organizations have been lucky in not having any of these internal or external audits around asset management or is it simply they just got the blinkers on and just focusing on software?
1: Blinkers focusing on money because the big drivers for ham outside of IT are compliance, security compliance and finance. Finance needs to know what they're depreciating. Security and compliance care about understanding every bit of hardware in the estate. And so, you know, you think like your service management program only does some types of assets or configuration items. The, the security compliance people are like, no, we want everything. We want to understand everything that's in the environment so we can, you know, build a risk profile and all of that sort of thing. And then I think there's there's some momentum brewing on that, but I don't think it's quite there yet. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's still not sexy. It's still done like, hey, can you do it when you have a few minutes versus the sand people saying I saved us a million dollars today. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not going to be able to compete with that. And no. so
0: but I I, mean, I, I agree. I'd also kind of like to hijack this question as well. And you mentioned there about um, CIs. Uh, and obviously your cmdb configuration management etc again that seems to be something that is shouted about and communicated and promoted a lot more than ham obviously because it's part of itil it's part of service management but again how are you having an effective cmdb and config department when you're not actually managing the hardware itself that's uh,
1: that's interesting because so the cmdb gets its legs because it's the foundation of every process or practice right we get that but you track those for different reasons you know you're tracking an asset so you can depreciate it you're tracking an asset for a different reason than ci sometimes they're the same sometimes they're not but to your point it's the driver and they're the you know what's really interesting is there's a lot of itsm tools that you know are the the hand tools as well and the same discovery makes the same, you know, finds the same thing and calls it two different things in two different modules. And then the software asset management could be tool, you could use the same discovery. And uh, it's just interesting that, you know, it's still the, the second kid compared to software, even though it's using the same discovery.
0: Uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I was, um, I, before we had this chat, I was having a look on LinkedIn actually at just looking at the number of people that had SAM or software asset management or software licensing in their job title, and literally over a million results come up. You do that for ham, and you're looking at like tens or just just maybe about a hundred thousand. It's like like when we're looking, you know, talking about the gulf between, you know, why is ham, you know, the the ugly younger brother or whatever. You say it's it's obvious. It's there. You know, there's actual data from LinkedIn that you can say that's there's literally such a tiny percentage of people that are doing Sam are doing ham. And I think exactly like you mentioned there, if you've got the configuration management relationship as well, you've got an open goal here. What, what, just, just why, why are you not doing this? Why are you not seeing the value in it? And I mean, we've spoken about this before, but come on, ham is, ham is important. Ham is cool.
1: It is, it is. And
0: I think it's, it's, it's
1: easy to do, right? You know, the, the lifecycle management is easy. Yes. Uh, I say easy. Let's say straightforward. If you're already using an ITSM tool, it's pretty straightforward. And uh, you know your your accountants want to depreciate it and all that sort of thing. And so it gets into this next topic: is you know why should we invest in this area if we already have a tool? We already have this. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on it before I opine and get on my soapbox, but. You know, why should people invest in it? You know, they may say we already have a tool, we have Joe that, you know, scans in stuff, scans them out, all that stuff, but why should we invest in it?
0: I I think um, you can really use the past 12 to 18 months and the global pandemic we've had as a huge reason as to why you need to invest in ham, right? So back um, at the March, the beginning of March last year, especially in the UK, There was a mad scramble for IT equipment. I remember the last few days that we were allowed in the office on the tube and the train. There were people there with like monitors. There were people there with like a printer. They've got obviously their laptop and stuff in their backpacks. And it was—I remember sitting there at a time thinking, "You've got asset tags. I wonder if anyone knows you've taken those." (laughs) And it became quite clear quite quickly that it was literally panic stations, we're just going to grab whatever we can because we don't know when we're going to be allowed back in next and we need to work from home. So suddenly things like stock management, that became really important as to how many assets that we've got in stock, what state are they in, can they be reused, what model are they, are they in scope, you know, what's the deal here, what can we send back. And I think this kind of really highlighted a lot of flaws and a lot of organizations that haven't done ham. Because even to this day, they're still trying to establish where some of those you know monitors, the, the more static assets are that have gone walkies. And also where some of the stock have gone, because people have literally just walked in and, and obliterated the stock rooms. So if, you know, touch wood, we don't have you know, more lockdowns and second waves this virus, a third, fourth waves or another virus that comes in. But in the event that we do implementing harder asset management, you're going to have better stock management, you're going to have better understanding and visibility of where all your assets are. You can also then help supporting your new working structure, whether that's fully working from home, split working, back in the office, whatever it may be. And I think it goes back as well, you know. if you if you don't believe in the pandemic reasoning and you didn't have any issues with it, then fine. But it goes back to the if you're doing software asset management and you're trying to optimize your estate from a, a licensing, a compliance, a SaaS um, basis, how are you 100% sure that you're covering all of your assets? If you're not doing ham, who's kind of doing that inventory coverage within your various tools that you've got? How do you know you're picking everything up? You
1: don't. You don't. And I want to take that step further. Everything that we talk about on SAM, saving licenses, all that, have HAM implications. There are What impacts one impacts the other. You get better at your HAM, it impacts SAM. For example, a lot of organizations are using the vertical integration of their their hardware suppliers, especially end user computing, so that they're not checking them in, checking them out, or keeping two months of laptops in a cage with Joe, you know, hand them out one at a time because you're paying software licensing for those two months. You're, you're doing, taking depreciation, you're not using them. So, you know, the why should you invest is because this is a fluid world. Everything we talk about, it's not just, you know, we talked about all types of assets, but how about phones? You know, how are you handling phones now or everything is just it's growing and it's expanding, and there's implications for so many different ways that it's just not straightforward, like like it's made out to be.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, and I think one area as well that Ham can add extra value in why you should invest in it more, especially on that licensing side of things, is having that visibility and transparency on like your servers and data center assets. Obviously, you got licenses that are based on like processors, cores. Um, you know, backup and storage stuff is based on terabytes. How are you going to know what, you know, how how many licenses you need if you don't know the physical state and the specification of the asset? And voila, enter ham. Here you go. Here's everything I know about the asset. Go license accordingly. But obviously, you're all part of one big, happy team anyway. Um, But, you know, absolutely right. I think um, one other thing that we could have mentioned about you know, how it can add more value with all the different assets coming into scope as well as with this home working, you know, like you said, and the phones, the additional tablets that may have been sent two in ones. You've also now got to think about home working setups. If you are going to be working from home a lot more, who's going to be paying for the, the monitor? Who's going to be paying for like like yourself? You've got a good looking chair there. It looks like it's supporting your back, you know, lumbar oh, yeah, support. It's nice.
1: It's nice because I'm a tall guy and this is pretty high up and, you know, it's nice.
0: But, but if you're if your organization are saying working from home, who's going to start paying for your chairs? I know. Who's going to start paying for like wireless keyboards, for example, and mice and stuff like that? Suddenly your ITAM scope, you know, those consumables that you just give out willy nilly before. Now it's a case of, OK, hold on. We need to kind of get a bit of control of this because our budget next year is just going to go through the roof if we're supporting home working. And I don't know about yourself, but I've heard stories and, and encountered firsthand as well um organizations where their users have gone i'm fully up for working from home my setup's fine however the internet speeds that i'm currently paying for i'm finding i'm dropping out a lot there's a lot of lag when i'm doing video calls and stuff but it was fine for me personally so now who's going to pay for my increased bandwidth for my broadband connection it's like interesting okay or even phone cables right or uh you know it's
1: just endless and there has to be a mechanism a process if you will of handling this with scope and all of that even you mentioned drones they get repaired how does that happen how do we take them in take them out of out of you know out of life put them into in repair which you can in a ham tool you know how do you do that and it's through a mechanism like a process we talked a lot about ham and you touched on it but how can sam add value to an organization that maybe isn't leveraging it as much because you're both a ham guy and a sam guy
0: yeah it has kind of been very uh, um why do you need both and like focus on ham but yes sam absolutely is you know hugely important and you know we both share the same kind of goal and vision that there isn't this ham and sam silo right that eventually will just be itam Hardware, software, cloud, mobiles, all under a one-to-one banner. But I think Sam can really kind of add extra value now, especially when you consider <laughs> – this is going to make me sound really old, but I'm not really old. But when I, Yeah, well, sort of. But when I first started doing software asset management, you still needed physical disks, right, to install software, et cetera nowadays even with the next generation that's coming through they're so used to being able to download software from the internet in you know really quick speeds onto their phone they can have an app within seconds etc so then why when they're going through a software request process at the organization does it take weeks or even months for it to happen So first of all, I think having a good request process, a software library, a software catalog, um, that's a massive way that you can kind of improve that customer service element of it. Instead of people going, look, I could have just downloaded this at home in like a couple of hours, yet here it's been two months. I still haven't had approval, still haven't had the software installed. Um, So that's definitely one thing. I think another way we're seeing it um, add, you know, even more value is around the cloud migrations. You know, we touched on this before, but both the hardware removals from, you know, removing the servers and stuff from your data centers, but also then the new licensing elements of it. Are you bringing your own license into that instance or are you going to have it as part of your cloud service? How do you reflect that then in your SAM tool? Because it's not your license if you're buying it as part of that subscription, but... It's showing against your compliance. Uh, oh, we've had some fun with that one recently with an organization absolutely panicking that they had all of these instances like Windows Server and SQL that they weren't paying for through their EA or server and cloud enrollments because they're buying it apart of the cloud consumption. Um, that was just a lack of understanding of how the licensing worked. And they were ready to place this like huge orders. like, no, stop, rewind, It's fine. You are paying for these as part of your monthly billing. Um, do you know what? Another thing, actually, that um, has really come up recently during the pandemic is trying to reduce the number of models within an estate, so that they can support them better. From you know, especially when you're working from home, and then also then reducing the number of assets per user. I think that's that's a really interesting one that we've seen. Um, one organization in particular that we've been working with are phasing out tablets and laptops and migrating people to these two-in-one devices. So this is a kind of a small organization, I think they're only five and a half, six thousand 6,000 seats. But since the pandemic, yeah, they've literally gone, right, we're not buying any more tablets, not buying any more laptops. We're getting these Lenovo two-in-one devices. We can reduce the footprint that we have in terms of the models we've got to support. You know, the assets that we have to keep um, maintaining, the assets we have to keep buying, support contracts, et cetera. So the users now typically just have this two-in-one device and a phone. That's obviously helped with uh, any device-based licensing. Um, because they are kind of a a niche organization they still have retro licensing where it's by device so some people had two because Mm -hmm. they had it on two devices so that's that's helped massively um and i think again i know i keep saying it but i think it's going to come on the radar and that's the whole green it and environmental sustainability piece um you know a lot of organizations are looking at that at the moment as well trying to be more eco-friendly having that positive pr and you know, not only hardware asset management, but SAM as well um, can help with that. You know, the whole ITAM piece can help with that. Some, I think I said when I spoke to you last time, some people are even looking at, you know, if we remove these number of assets from our data center and move to cloud, how many trees does that save? How many kilowatts per hour is that? And it's like, it's, it hurts your brain trying to figure it out and work about it. But that's definitely something that's calming onto our ITAM radar. So that's definitely yeah. something that, um, a way that we can add value moving forward. But oh, look, I'm a big fan of SAM too, right? It's not just HAM. It's the whole ITAM portfolio. They're all awesome. They're all wicked. Um, they can all add immense value.
1: We're all one big family. You mentioned, we are. Uh,
0: the, you know, the funny part is the perception that if I don't
1: have those servers in my data center, but they're in Google's, that I save those. I save that green <laughs> energy, energy. It's still the servers in a data center uh maybe google does it more efficiently than you we'll give them credit for that (laughs) all right as we wind down if you peer into your crystal ball since you said you're old and you think you know what will be some of the changes coming in the ham and sam world in the future what what do you see
0: i've already mentioned it no ham and sam world item world
1: All
0: right. One big family. One big family, one big ITAM world. I think um, I noticed when we we did a post on LinkedIn, um, Stephen Williams actually commented on it and said, how are we still talking about Ham and Sam in in silos? And I think a lot of people, you know, you have the ITAM review. You know, you have a lot of ITAM publications and stuff like that, which have already kind of got away from that silo. But I think, you know, vendors need to kind of bring that together and, and have that ITAM perception rather than just... We got a SAM team, we got a ham team, we got a mobile team. It's like no, all in one. I think as well, I must admit, um, in the in the next few years, but in the immediate future in particular, is that um, increased reliance on stock management again. Um, Obviously, there were some supply chain issues as well at the beginning of the pandemic. There's still some supply chain issues with hardware in particular, and there are some companies that as soon as stocks become available. They're actually over buying because they're nervous about what's potentially going to happen in the future, um, and I think use a great term for this, which is technology waste. Yes. Right? You're, you're just—it's just going to be sitting there. Um, you may even image it, so it's got licenses on there that aren't required. It's being kind of more strategic, more savvy with your stock management, so that you have enough buffer stock, but you're also at the same time not overstocking um, and wasting a lot of money. I think in the few years, in the next few years in particular, we're going to see further migrations to the cloud. And yes, it's probably going to be Google, the ones that are now harming the environment. Uh, not my words, the words of Jeffrey Google, if you want to sue. Um, I didn't but, say that. <laughs> not on this show, at least. Not on this one. No, that's on your after after hours, um, after hours show. But. More migrations to the cloud. Um, There's going to be a lot more in there, I think, uh, which is going to be exciting from an ITAM perspective, adds new challenges, new ways in which you can optimize and save money. And um, finally, I think because a lot of organizations are changing the way they're working, I think it opens up the talent pool for ITAM quite a lot. You know, previously you may have been restricted to, okay, you need to, this is an office-based role. You're going to have to come into this office. So, you know, you need to live at least an hour, two hours, you know, within the kind of radius of the office. Whereas now, we, you know, a lot of people have proven that they can be trusted to work from home. So why would you need to limit yourself to only looking for people, you know, if it's a London office, only looking for people in the radius of London? Right. You know, you exactly.
1: And it, it's cream rises to the top. This is my whole thing is, we should be changing our paradigm from who can we see, watch work, to let's get the best and watch their work and see how it helps us. And that paradigm should shift very soon. And also, I think the age of the leaders, is you know, obviously it gets younger and younger. And uh, I think the more that we're going to see that shift over time as well. You know, who says that somebody in the UK couldn't help a U.S. firm with their hardware right it's all about what can you do for me
0: oh absolutely i think um i must have probably from a selfish perspective because we're such a small island i think it will be a lot easier for um you know someone up north to work for a london-based company whereas you know obviously in the u.s your country's huge right you know it took you 14 12 hours to drive to the coast you know it takes you plane rides to get to certain parts so again i think you know it's going to be more beneficial for those bigger companies and those bigger um countries as well so know if you're based in san francisco you're not just limited to the west coast you can have a look at talent in new york for example like you said cream rise to the top if you wanted the best why restrict yourself and i think yeah the new ways of working working from home split working you you've just opened yourself up massively to a much wider talent pool and again that's exciting for ITAM professionals right because you're not just restricted now to your geographic location
1: right and if you're good why would you you know i mean like if you think you're good why would you say, no, I just want to stay in my little suburb or whatever? So, David, you've been a great guest. And if people say, you know, I love that boxing guy with all those <laughs> medals hanging behind his head, it, you got to watch the video to see him. If they're like too uh, numerous. And you see him stroking his long hair and some of them don't <laughs> have as much. But if you, uh, if you guys see this David guy and you think, man, I really think he's got great things to say. I'd like to get in touch with him. David, how can they get in touch with you?
0: First first of all, this is lockdown hair, right? Our barbers, our hairdressers are oh, not open yeah. yet. Oh, yeah. This Those is homemade hair. haircutting. Just like the cream rises, the hair linkings. <laughs> the I'm hair scared. rises too. Um, no, thank you very much for the kind words. That's awesome. So um, in all honesty, LinkedIn is probably the best place. Just search for my name, David Foxen. Um, This lovely face that you can see on screen will show up and if you're listening to the audio only then a lovely face that you haven't seen um will show up and if we're not already connected no feel free to reach out to me on there or my website is um sambeast.co.uk it's not as egotistical as it sounds i promise i'm i do not think that highly of myself there's a long story behind that um but yeah that's where you can find more about me and the services and stuff that we can do but that no, jeffrey i'm 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 really um, i'm honored to have been on your on your show thank you very much for inviting me it's been fun
1: oh it's been awesome david and i appreciate this because we've had some great guests on this and uh just talking itam and talking about it from a holistic you're the the first one for us to really get into the ham side of it and i appreciate you letting me take you down those trails and so i hope you have a great day david thank you for joining us
0: you too thank you